This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, how we doing? Happy, happy day to you. Goodness gracious. Boy, oh boy, did I have a fantastic weekend. Last weekend, I was at the Success Live event. Holy cow, surrounded by these, well, these insanely successful people. But what was so insane about it was how down to earth, how level, how on, well, on the level, how cool they were. And every one of them was more than willing to talk and share their ideas and concepts on how to become your very, very best. It's just incredible, the mindset, sharing that like mindset. And every single one of them, just like all of us out here, we've all got a backstory. We've all battled through adversity. We've all battled through challenges. But they chose to get up every single time and say, I'm better than this. I'm going to do my very best. I have realized and I understand my gift, my God-given abilities, my purpose, and I'm going to use these. And know that you're probably going to take a few more hits and lumps and bumps in the road, but you got to continue to persevere, continue to battle through, and continue to get back up in order to live your best kick in life. Now, I got a chance to speak to most of them, and I told them about the Kick and Life podcast, so hopefully we've got a few of our friends tuning in. Uh, there's a one special shout-out I want to send out to two special friends. One's Miss Mel Robbins, who's got the five-second rule. Her, it's her book, and how that, well, basically it's five-seconds rule, right? It's not the old drop it on the floor and wait five seconds. Okay, pick it up and eat it. Oh, that's what comes to mind, right? That's what I'm thinking of, and that's what I thought of. But it's all about within five seconds, your brain has the ability to kill a dream, kill a vision, kill a thought. What you have to do is five, four, three, two, one, blast off. Take that chance. Raise your hand in a meeting. You know, uh, spend that extra time with your kiddo there. Put the doggone phone down. Get out of bed. And that's kind of how she started writing the book, was she had a difficult time getting up in the morning. So she would just lay there, lay there, lay there, lay there. And one reason she just said five, four, three, two, one, and shot out of bed. And I'd like to say the rest is history. It took a little bit more than that, but that was kind of the starting point. So shout out to Miss Mel Robbins out there. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. And I got an opportunity to have a uh, do a Facebook Live video with her. So check out my Facebook page, uh, Rich Grogan, and also Master Rich Grogan, Kicking Life Guru. It's on both pages. And if you haven't liked or subscribed to those or sent me a friend request, please do so. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. The second one is Mr. Brandon Bouchard. I got a chance to do a Facebook Live with him as well. And he co-hosted the event. And... What am I saying here? Co-hosted the event. It was Success Live, like I mentioned, from Success Magazine, and it was off the chain. He delivered two powerful, powerful speeches, talked about his background, and then he's got a new book coming out. And if you haven't checked him out, please do so as well. He's got The Millionaire Messenger, the, what is the other one? Uh, I just had it right here. Let me check my notes. What is The Charge? And also The Motivational Manifesto. Great, great books. So big shout out to those guys. And while I'm in the shout-out mood, we got to remember our friends from the Daily Lion. Uh, well, the Daily Lion's the book. Become the Lion is our friends over there. 
And today's quote, which I quote them often, if you haven't checked them out on Facebook, it's hashtag become the lion or the Facebook page, I guess, is become the lion. Check these guys out. Awesome. And I was able to connect with um, one of the uh, owners and he's interested and excited about being on a future podcast. We just have to coordinate our schedule. So that's going to be terrific. But anyway, from the Daily Lion, the passage today is believe so much in yourself that nothing is going to stop you. Believe so much, uh, believe so much in yourself <laughs> that nothing is going to stop you. And that's pretty much the message we talk about every single week. You're going to be met with adversity. You're going to be met with challenges. You're going to have things pop up in your life, but you have to believe in yourself, believe enough in yourself to keep battling through. And something I've mentioned on, uh, I've done a blog on it and I mentioned it a big part in the podcast and I talk about it a lot of the speeches I go to and I call it Gandhi's big four. Gandhi's big four. What, what in the world's that? Well, here's what it is. When you have a vision, you have a dream, you have a desire to do something better. Well, the five second rule really comes in now that I know what that is. If you don't jump on those five seconds, the mind's going to kill it, right? But here's what happens. You, you do the five seconds, you blast off and you mention this. You know what? Especially when I talked about starting a business or writing a book and doing a podcast, you bring those ideas up and what's going to happen is at first, and I'm telling you from personal experience, people are going to ignore you. So when I talked about opening a martial arts academy, I don't know, it was like literally 30 years ago. First thing people, oh, well, that's this Richie being Richie. Richie's always talking. Richie's always dreaming. Richie's always thinking this and that, la, da, 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 da. So, and I admit, and you could probably tell from my voice here, I'm an energetic, excited guy. Got probably, well, not probably, I'm sure I know I have ADD, ADHD, and all the other Ds all wrapped up in one there. But if you don't have ADD and ADHD, I suggest you go out and get yourself some. It's pretty good, as long as you can control it, because I'm all over the place, as you know. I borrowed that from one of the speakers over the weekend. That's how he came out, and he talked about that. I got ADD. If you don't have it, I suggest you go out and buy some. So I thought I'd borrow that. Thank you very much. Yes, I hear the applause. Anyway, first thing they're going to do, and this is Gandhi's big four, when you say you've got an idea and you want to do something, and that kind of that first step of pulling yourself away from the peer group, they're going to they're ignore you. They just are. They're going to, uh, whatever. Second thing, if you're persistent at it, you're going to say, I'm really doing this. I really am. And you bring it up enough then they're probably going to laugh at you like, <laughs> whatever, like you're ever going to do anything like that. Richie, stop dreaming. Just, uh, you know, some people are meant for success and other people are just meant to work their butts off their whole life. Just just realize that and you'll be much, much better. That's personal experience. I'm telling you, I've heard it all. So I persisted, kept going. And the first business woo, crumbled bankruptcy after a couple of years. But that's just how it goes. Third step, because I'm still persistent, I'm still battling, I'm still stubborn, is they'll fight you. Now, it doesn't have to be physical fighting, but they're going to fight you in your mind especially after the first bankruptcy. It was all about, haven't you learned your lesson? Haven't you learned anything? Haven't you learned that this is not meant for you? You're just meant to be a worker bee and you're never going to be successful. You're never going to reach the level of success you want. You're, and it's not, that, I don't know, there's a lot of my family, to be honest with you, and also a lot of friends. And I don't think they were doing it to be deliberate or mean. They were just trying to keep me from getting hurt again. But then also some of the friends and peer groups that I did separate myself from, the more I started to move away, the more they realized they were losing me. Not, I don't think they cared they were losing me, but it was the fact that they had to realize that, man, if this guy could do it, I could do it, but I need to make sure I work at it. So that's the three steps, but I told you there are four. What's the fourth one? After you've battled through being ignored, you battled through being laughed at, you battled through the, the fighting and all the fighting in your mind, all the reasons to give up, you win. That's number four. Now, I wish I could tell you it's just like climbing four steps, but it's not because Every one step is like a gosh darn staircase of steps. And the bad thing is the closer you get to the top of that step, you hit a slippery slope and go right back down to the bottom. But if you're persistent enough, you're at it enough, you believe enough in yourself, your vision, your mission, your purpose, you can achieve what you can achieve. So have that belief in yourself so strong that nothing can stop you.
How's that sound? Does that sound good? I think so. So today I've got a super duper special guest. This is our 38th episode. John, what do you think, man? 38, you believe that? He's giving me the thumbs up. Awesome sauce. Yep, John's back uh, at the helm there. And it was good while John was gone, but I tell you what, without having the man John here, I felt lonely. And actually I was. I was all by myself in this recording studio. (laughs) Truth be told. Anyway, our 38th episode and Big John's back in action. And we've got a super duper special guest on this episode. And I tell you what, this gentleman, uh, I met him just about three years ago. He's in the martial arts community and we, we connected right off the bat. And seriously, meeting him and meeting some other mentors I've mentioned before, Kiyoshi, Dave Kovar, Melody Schumann, Chip Townsend, and so many hundreds of hundreds of others. But these are the core that kind of changed who I am. And well, yeah, I had to be the one to change. I tell people that all the time. I can't change you. You can't change me. You have to be willing to change. But they gave me what I needed in order to take that step. And without further ado, we're going to get this young man. I say young. He's uh, very young. I think he's 50 now on the line. He's as energetic as can be. And he just released a soon-to-be bestseller book, Live, Learn, and Grow. And that is Mr. Brandon Beliso. Okay. And uh, on the line, we've got Professor Brandon Beliso, who's just released his soon-to-be bestseller book, Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger. Professor Beliso, so great to have you on the line. How are we doing, sir? I'm I'm excellent. I'm grateful to be here, sir. Absolutely. And obviously, listeners, you can hear the humility in this man's voice. Uh, I met Professor Beliso several years ago at a martial arts convention, and uh, I went there because one of my mentors, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar, who's been on the show before, uh, was at the event. I wanted to go and chat with him, and lo and behold, I'd been following Professor Beliso on Facebook, and what an inspiration. And I, I think our first day, I met you in the lobby there, and boof, the sparks flew, and Man, we had a great connection, and seriously, the mindset and the positivity and everything you project, sir, has been a dramatic change in my life, helping me become my very best and adopt the motto of living your best possible life, and that's one of the steps that kind of led to the Kick in Life podcast, live your best kick in life. So thank you very much, sir. So, sir, if you- Thank you, sir. Oh, you're very, very welcome. So how's things going with the book? Uh, The book's doing really well. It's been out for about a month or so now. Uh, The reviews are coming in very strong. I think that the thing was people were expecting a business book from me, you know, especially from our industry. But what I really wanted to share with people was more of a book of self-discovery, my self-discovery that got me from being poor, growing up on welfare, eating fried bologna all the way until where I am now. Um, and so I think it's really if I can do it, anybody can do it type of thing. But I would hope and would love to believe that each story of my life that's in that book is a reflection of the unlimited potential that each and every one of us holds. Awesome. Excellent, excellent. And listeners out there, if you've not picked up a book, it's available on Amazon.com. It's called Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger, and it's uh, Professor Brandon Beliso. Excellent book. And uh, the the humility in the book is, is just obviously who you are, but talking about, and sometimes, you know, you're out there, it's, I don't want to say it's difficult, at least for me it was difficult at first to kind of talk about the past. And for me it was a little bit of, I don't know if embarrassment was the right word, but not exactly sure how people would feel about it. But it's it's who I am, who I was, and, and I'm guessing, sir, it was the same thing for you. It's it's who you what created you to be the person you are today. Is that a correct assumption? Well, somebody, well yeah, and people were asking me that. You know, I got a question last night on a Facebook Live, you know, who's your mentor? And I told them today my mentor, other than God, I'm my own mentor. It's really stripping away those layers, but to take that path inward, it's scary. I mean, are you willing to pull back your own covers and take a look at yourself honestly 
you know, when all the hoopla is gone, when I'm not professor, the instructor, the speaker, or the entrepreneur, or any of those labels and things that people give to me, when I'm alone after midnight, can I pull back my own covers and take a hard, honest look at myself? Because it's only from that humble point can I begin to make corrections? Can I begin to shift my mindset? Can I begin to set myself on a path of learning and growth? Anything less than that, I live in a state of fear, which is fed by ego, which is fed by insecurity. And everything I do, everything I see will always be clouded in that. So, you know, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's much easier, especially in our culture, to have all these distractions, Facebook, Instagram. You know, when I grew up with four channels. Now there's got to be millions of channels you can tune into <laughs> on the TV. So there's all these distractions and they're designed to separate you further from yourself. And in the words of Tit Nhat Han, you don't need a phone to tell you you're smart. You don't need a Fitbit to tell you you're healthy. Yet we're so dependent upon those devices to define who we are. Well, we do the same thing with people and groups and, and, and different things of that nature as well. Oh, beautifully said. Beautifully said. And listeners out there, I, I told you you're in for a treat and a surprise. We had uh, a Master Melody Schumann was on our last podcast, and she rocked, uh, rocked the house with her visions and also her mission and achievement, what she's done with her Ninja and Skills program. And she uh, had mentioned about a couple different titles, and it's amazing how we all mature and progress and change. Uh, her number one priority is, is being a mom, being a ninja mom, which is, is so awesome because uh, she's still out there with the energy and compassion, but something about having kids changes your mindset. And it also, I mean, brings up your childhood as well. And I know you've got two wonderful kids and there you wrote a book and, and I understand it's going to be more than one set of books, but do uh, you want to tell our listeners about uh, your book that you just released with your kiddos there? Yeah, the children's series, that's been out for a short period of time as well. It's called The Adventures of Bray. And Tay, and my son is Braden, my daughter is Taya. It immortalizes him in the age of three and six, because that was such a wonderful time. And so as I write these books, they'll always be three and six. The first book is on focus, and it takes them on the adventure, very age-specific, very um, designed and written for kids, to help them discover why focus is cool and how focus works in their life. But parents love it as well, because it uses examples why parents need a child to focus. I got an artist out of Italy, and we made sure there was no technology. We didn't want iPads and things like that, so it's very rich. The photos are rich. They're outdoor a lot. It's very colorful. Um, so that's very intentional, and that book's doing really well as, as well. If you look at Amazon, the reviews on that one are off the hook as well. And the next one will be confidence, and we'll write one on discipline, and it's all to support um, my product, One Merit Badges, which we're rebranding the Kids Love Life Skills. Um, if you don't know, I have... A life skill system I developed that's used in 400 schools worldwide, and we want to expand that market into a homeschool market, into the charter schools. I want parents to be able to pick this up, a little league coach. So we want to take life skills out of just the martial arts industry where I've predominantly had it and branch that out. So these books will support that. We have written color sheets come out, really, really cool, where it's kind of like adult coloring pages. So a kid can sit with their parent and color this thing on courage. And you see a kid slaying a dragon. Oh, see, that's courage because he's standing up to his fear. And so as they color the sheet together, they can discuss that life skill through the picture that they're coloring. Does that make sense? Oh, more than makes sense. That's absolutely wonderful. And it's something we've talked about uh, several times. And also I see it through your, your videos, your messages, and everything else you're putting out there. And we do everything we can within the martial arts industry. But in a nutshell, the we want to reach out to others to let 
people know that martial arts is more than just the, you know, punching and kicking, especially uh, the MMA can of worms, so to speak, has been opened and people see that and they get one interpretation of uh, martial arts is once again, just the punching and kicking or possibly the barbarian scene of, of MMA going on. And, and I'm a fan of, of select MMA events <laughs> and, and, and others like it, others don't. But I just think and, and share with your vision, we want to do more to impact society as a whole, as opposed to just the martial arts community with our virtues, our values, our vision, our mission, our purpose. And uh, do, from you, sir, and it's not that I never heard of a mission before or a vision before. I read the book Start With Why, which was great and really kind of led me on the path. But all it did was leave me with more unanswered questions. And after talking to you and uh, you mentioned about establishing your mission and vision, we've changed it probably 10 different times. But the one we've got now, and uh, I want to share it with you, sir, on the air here. The listeners have heard it before. But our mission, we're an Academy of Life Changers, and our whole purpose and mission is to inspire kids and adults to believe in themselves, to respect others, to create a happier, healthier, and safer society with manners, discipline, and respect. And that's our goal, to get those virtues, values out in society to make society a better place. Um, and and I, I think those are universal life skills. And what often can inhibit their promotion and growth is people think it's exclusive for the martial arts. Yes. But we know it's not. I mean, respect was great 100 years ago. Respect is great in a restaurant. It's great in a Walmart. It doesn't have to be restricted to just the martial arts. So intentionally, when I'm writing these books and we're rebranding this life skills program, we're actually weeding out the martial arts element almost completely. We have pictures, you know, you know me, I can't drop it completely. (laughs) But we're making sure to balance it with a kid riding a bike to show focus. You know, a kid hitting a baseball alongside the karate kid when we're showing those pictures of focus. So I think that's that's the big thing that I recognize growing up in a martial arts school is martial arts is life. And you're right. It's so much more than just a kick and a punch. It's your behavior in and out of the school. It's your behavior, uh, that leadership by example, which is more of a contemporary leadership today. And and I believe in that passionately. So I'm, I'm right with you on that one. I'm right with you. Well, and it, it's, um, and I, I know I've mentioned to you before, sir, but I always kind of felt like until I met Kiyoshi Kovar in 2012 and Miss Melody Schumann in the same year, I always felt like I was kind of on an island by myself because I started martial arts at a young age, well, nine years old, not too young, uh, but I always played sports. I started playing hockey at the age of four, so my whole vision and, and goal in life was to be a professional hockey player, and I had actually started our school talks. And Wednesday, I talked, and the, the first one we're doing here, and I've got a series of them and with our, within our community, which is awesome, because I got a chance to speak to 500 kids on Wednesday, went to another school today as a small private school, but 25 kids there. And we're talking about bullying and overcoming those fears and that belief in yourself. And I shared a story when I was nine years old and playing hockey for five years now and was really developed into a pretty good hockey player. I experienced severe bullying and to the point where I wanted to quit. But I didn't have the confidence in myself to tell anybody why. So I kind of tucked all those things in and just said I didn't want to play anymore. Well, the coaches I had at the time were talked about, well, we can talk to the player that's doing the bullying, but you're going to have to be the one to stand up for yourself. Now, of course, easier said than done. And it was around that time I first started martial arts. And that helped bring that courage and confidence out. And I shared with the kids, do you think that was the last? Well, I kind of told us a hypothetical story. I said uh, a story of a boy named Richie. That's where everybody called me when I was younger. And uh, then I let them know it was me at the end. But I said, do you think that was the last time Richie was bullied? And they all said, no. I said, no, it continues even to this day. But the thing is, 
I've got the courage, the confidence, and the belief in myself now to stand up for myself, but doing it for the right reasons. And that'll tie into the next part I definitely want to talk about is, is ego, especially in our community. But to finish the point, the, uh, um, that belief in yourself to overcome. And being an athlete growing up, I'd actually stopped martial arts for a handful of years to pursue being a pro hockey player. I also played baseball and football, so I was you know, pretty athletic and, and did a lot of different sports. But being that, um, I saw the different side where I know a lot of martial artists were martial artists that didn't, didn't get involved in team sports. But that's where I kind of felt like I was on an island by myself. But meeting KFC Dave Krovar, Melody Schumann, and now you, sir, you've let me know that, yeah, you, you might be here because you've got a different skill set, different this and that. But collectively, we're on this island together to make the world a better place, to use our skills, our knowledge in the martial arts community to impact those in sports, baseball, football, hockey, soccer, being a musician. Use your God-given abilities, but have that courage and belief in yourself when someone does bully you to be able to fight back. And it doesn't have to be physical, but it has to be that fight back inside, that belief in yourself to not let somebody else discourage you from your dreams. So, yeah, that's the whole thing, getting out there. And, and, you know, we've always had the battle there where kids will choose martial arts or soccer. Well, our whole thing is martial arts is going to help you become a better soccer player because it's going to help you become a better person. And that's that shift and that push we're trying to pursue there. Well, I think, you know, but the bottom line is you need to spend that time again with yourself. And most people don't want to do that. The distractions are easier. And even at, at balancing your child's life, there should be downtime where they sit there and read a book or they sit there and they draw or they paint. Um, I think a lot of those things are bred out. We, we, we no longer have critical thinkers or thought leaders because you can simply Google it. You know, I can Google it and watch a DIY video or YouTube video. There's no thought process. And through the mistake and through the errors and through those different things is how we build that self-confidence that you need to be resilient to bullying or anything else. But if I can conveniently and easily just pick up my smartphone and Google it, and then I have all the answers right there, I've done no work. There's no work in that. There's no effort. There's no critical thinking. So that's, I think, one of the bigger challenges today for people when we really talk about manifesting and building confidence building that self-awareness because we know the best self-defense is self-confidence. When somebody attacks me through Facebook, I can't leap through that phone and punch them, you know, on my computer. So how do you process that? How do you process that? And it's a very delicate balance, Rich, because you don't want to filter out the healthy criticism that can help you become a better person, you know, from somebody like a Kyoshi Kovar or Melody Schumann. But on the flip side, there are trolls out there that'll attack you because that's their agenda. And, and if you're not resilient enough within yourself, then you're going to take on their energy and it can compromise your path to being a better you today. So one of the things I do in the morning that's, that helps me a lot is when I meditate, I breathe in and say I'm breathing. When I breathe out, I say I am grateful. If I can establish this nice, healthy, use aura for the lack of a better word, but if I can establish this nice, healthy aura around me, I filter in the good energy and the love and the learning that I'm supposed to get to improve myself. And I'm able to repel and keep away the negativity because there's lots of it out there. And that negativity comes in many forms of bullying. We know that. But again, it's going right back to knowing thyself and spending that type of time educating and growing and nurturing yourself so that you become that person that can be the best to help make a difference in society. And I believe the best way you're ever going to do that, Rich, is by example. By example. Yes, I, can't change what's going, I can't change what's going on right now you know, between North Korea and the U.S. I can't stop that. But what I can do is keep my side of the street clean. I can be the best example I can be, 
you know, without pointing fingers at my neighbor and telling him to cut his lawn, I'll get out there and cut my own lawn. And that I can do. So it, it really is. It, it's an art. And it's something I don't expect a 20-year-old to get or even 30. If they do, more power to them, rock and roll. But it's something that comes with time. And you have to be okay with that. You know, for all the listeners that are listening, go, wow, that's not me yet. Or I'm not there. Or I can't relate to that. Of course you can. You're 20 years old. You're, you're waiting to get turn 21 and have your first beer. I get that. And that's perfectly fine. But if you know thyself, you recognize that. This is who I am today. And, and be okay with that process. Because each step of that process is really important. I can't plant a seed, Rich, and look at a young tree and say, give me fruit, give me fruit. I'm going to kill it. But I can't appreciate it with the vision knowing, wow, in a couple of years, this thing's going to bear some amazing fruit if I tend to the crop and I water it and pull the weeds and do all those different things. So that's an important part, too, when they're listening to this or anything else, that it's still going to be about your journey and you've got to be okay where you are today so you don't miss the life lessons that you're supposed to get out of it. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And listeners at home there, did I tell you you're in for a treat today? And I, I share, or I'm so grateful that uh, Professor Bleasel is on here today, but I just want to do everything I can, my research in the background, to bring you the best guests and also have the best knowledge because I know how transformational uh, meeting up with pe- people like Professor Beliso and Kelsey Kovar, Melody Schumann, Chip Townsend, all the rock stars just in the martial arts industry, but so many more I met this past weekend at the Success Live event that collectively we all share the same mindset of understanding that we can't change factors outside of us. What we can do is change our mindset, change our thinking pattern, changing what input we choose to put in our brain there, and that's going to change who we are from the inside out and then continue to practice that. Oh, so wonderful, sir. Thank you very much for sharing that. Well, and, 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 and Rich, if I can add two cents in there. Oh, absolutely. I think also, also we have to be mindful to stop just simply looking for the thought leaders, the critical thinkers that are out there, because every day people walk around with their eyes wide open and they're totally asleep totally asleep. And you'd be amazed. One of the stories in my book, Live, Learn, Grow, is called The Homeless Teacher. And one day I was getting out of my car and this guy came up to me and said, excuse me, sir, could you possibly spare some change? And he was so well read and so, but he was pushing a shopping cart and he looked homeless as the day is long. And I said to him, I said, sir, and I was actually going to take this big bag of coins to one of those coin machines at that time to cash them all in. Because one of the things I learned a long time ago was save your coins save those coins. And it's amazing continues today, even in the position I'm in. So I, I gave, I said, I'll give you this big sack of coins, but I, w- I want your time for a few minutes. And he said, well, what is it? I said, sir, you're really articulate and well-bred. It doesn't seem like you should be homeless. He says, well, I'll tell you what, I used to be a history teacher and I figured out what I made, what my mortgage was. You know, I, I would die in debt. He just did his budget. He figured it all out. He says, I realized being in San Francisco, I got rid of all those material trappings and I went homeless. It's the best city to be homeless in. It doesn't get too hot. It doesn't get too cold. If I panhandle, I can get up to 200 bucks a day. I can always stand in line and get into a shelter. If there's not a shelter, I got enough money to get a room for the night. And there's always food here because this is one of the more generous cities out there. And I said, wow. But what I really understood, what he shared with me that was so profound, Rich, was that he knew what his definition of success was. Yep. And he, and he was very clear about that. And I sat there almost befuddled going, wow, I thought success is a bigger house, a bigger car, more zeros at the end of the bank account. What he taught me in that moment was success was defining what happiness is for you, is for you. And if you listeners, if you get a talk, if you get a chance, go listen to my TED talk. 
happy on purpose. You just can just Google it. You'll find it. And, and I really talk about that. Don't let me or anybody else influence or define for you what makes you happy because none of us are getting out of here alive. No matter how much money you have, how big your mansion is, all the success and accolades and magazine covers, when it's your time to die, you're going to die and you take none of it with you. So I think it's really important to define and really know for you what makes you happy. What makes you happy? And when that homeless teacher walked away with my big bag of coins and he was going to eat that day, he looked like a happy camper. I was almost jealous because here I am chasing, you know, chasing <laughs> the dream. And, and, and this guy's freaking happier than a clam with a shopping cart, you know, and a bag full of coins. So it really got me to, again, that introspective journey, Rich, to understand what is it that makes me happy and why. So, yes, I, I take that with a huge uh, sense of compliment and humility, people like myself and Culver and Townsend and Sherman, but don't, don't be afraid to look in your own backyard. It could be your grandpa. It could be that barista down at, at the local coffee place. There's always tidbits of great knowledge and information coming at you, but are you present enough, Rich? Are you fully engaged in this moment with me to get everything you need out of it? That's, that's, that's really what helps us find that gratitude, find that humility, find that peace. Do you just walk out the door and climb into your car every day, Rich? Or do you stand there for a minute and turn and face the sun and look up to it and just take in it for a moment? Do you do that? We should all do that because we're so busy doing it, doing it, doing it. Yep. And most people aren't doing anything. That's beautiful. Uh, and it, it, thinking about that now, you were giving him the sack of money to or a change to buy his time. As we know, time is the most sacred commodity on the planet. And I have to, I would have to say from what I just heard there, you got a pretty good return on your investment there. You felt extremely good about helping him in his situation, but you walked away with a different mindset as regards to, like you just said, what success is. That's beautiful. And you'd mentioned, well, you oh, right, it, just quickly before I lose my thought is that, you know, he was homeless. And in many ways at that moment, he was better off than me. So it made me again, reevaluate what am I doing here? What is my purpose? What is my why? And it did, it strengthened my conviction of what it is that I'm doing, but it also made me embrace that I'm not here to tell people what to do. I'm here to be the best example to inspire folks to find what to do for themselves. That's so great. And you mentioned about uh, the day, um, and I posted on my Facebook page today, and it was say this three times, look up outside, regardless if it's rain or not, but just look outside, look at the beauty that's around you and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Say it three times in a row. Condition yourself to say that every single day. And I promise amazing things will happen because you're starting the day off with a positive mindset. And my, my grandmother used to pound that in my brain when I was a kid. And then something you know amazing happened. I became an adult and became smart at the world and everything else and forgot <laughs> all the essentials. And now that I've surrounded myself with positive influences and continue to monitor what I put in my brain, somehow that has resurfaced. And I've been saying that uh, it's probably been a close to two years now. Every single day, wake up, regardless how I'm feeling, I say those things, and it automatically is kind of like plugging myself into an outlet. It supercharges me and makes me feel better about it because I'm counting my blessings first instead of thinking about, oh, I got to do this today, got to do that today. It, it's beautiful, and it's that, that core group, that influence group, and as uh, um, Zig Ziglar talks about, what you put in is what you're going to get out. If you got stinking thinking on the brain, you're going to have stinking thinking output. So be very cautious of what you allow in there. Excellent. Well, yeah. And, and uh, again, I've got to agree with you. There's so much information. There's so many answers floating through the internet. And the big thing with that is we're all looking for answers. I understand that. 
But the challenge is going back to self-discovery and knowing thyself. If I'm clear on who I am and I know what I want, then I'm no longer seeking answers. I'm now asking the right questions yes. to get the right answers. And that's the huge difference today for me. When I was younger, it's just like, somebody save me, give me an answer, point me in a direction, help me, help me, help me. Give me the golden and, key, and, right? <laughs> right. I, I want that golden ticket, but I, I recognize that really that journey inward and most people don't want to take it. I went to a three-year hiatus. I didn't date. I was celibate. Pretty much spent a lot of time alone, talking a lot of meditation, a lot of introspective, a lot of reading. And that three-year period was magic for me. It was huge, but it is lonely. It is really lonely. And most people don't want to take that trip because can you stand there with yourself, you know, butt naked after midnight staring in the mirror going, you know what? I really do need to lose 10 pounds. Wow. I can't sit there and look at some guy in a bar who's 80 pounds heavier and going, I'm not so bad. I can't sit there and watch, I can't distract myself with the TV show that, you know, with the, here's the biggest loser trying to drop weight. No, I'm standing there in the raw looking at myself. Yeah, you know what? I really need to lose 10 pounds. And instead of distracting yourself, and that's what many people choose to do. So they never, ever have to look at themselves. Never. Yeah. Never. And it, it, it's really the most fundamental turning point in my life and i think with most people when you're willing to take that time about that uh well and it brings up a great point and something i, I continuously try and pass on to uh the students and when i'm uh, honored to go out and give speeches especially to the elementary and middle school and high school kids just talking about that where society is kind of conditioned in our mind that we have to be as good as this person or at least we're better than that person so it's okay putting us right in the middle there well you can never be, I can never be as great as you, and you can never be as great as me because we're two different, totally different people. Now, we can share the same mindset as far as growth and development, but anytime I compare myself to somebody else, I'm setting myself up for failure or you're failing yourself because, like you just said, you know, if I'm in a bar somewhere and this guy's 80 pounds overweight and I'm like, well, you know what? It's not that bad. I'm okay. No, that's, I'm not comparing myself to him. I'm comparing myself to me, the person I was yesterday, and I want to be a better person today. And that's my little prayer every morning after uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be proud of it. I say, God, please grant me the wisdom to be a better person today than I was yesterday, to be a better father, a better husband, a better mentor, leader, author, speaker, and just an overall better person. That's my prayer because I want to be a better person. And by having that mindset of not comparing myself to others, it's helped me, like you just said, get deep inside. Me, that's the only person I can change. I can't change anybody else. But knowing my deep-seated beliefs and kind of the battles I've gone through and the garbage I've had to dig out of my brain, I want to help others realize that so I can give you the tools. And I, you were um, very inspirational. And, and if uh, you may have forgotten the conversation, and that's okay. You have thousands of conversations. But I said, man, you've really helped change who I am. And you said some degree of, look, I may have helped inspire you or given you the tools, but you had to be the one to make the change. I can't change you. I can only change me. And yeah, I probably knew that, but that was that right hook of reality that I needed at that point in time. And I was like, oh yeah, you're yeah. right. And I, that, I think that's when we were sitting outside that candy store in Las Vegas up at the top of the Venetian. Oh, you do uh, remember. Thank we you very much. Having that conversation. Yep. I remember the conversation well, and because... To teach something is to learn it twice. Every yeah. time I get to share and give feedback, uh, it's, it's empowering. It refines my message. It refines my thinking. It, 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 and it, it does validate it too. And, and as things grow and change in my life, 
uh, one of the things you just said, you consistently do these prayers and this meditation every morning. And like Bruce Lee said, I don't fear the man that's yeah. done yep. uh, 10,000 kicks. I fear the man that's done one kick 10,000 times. And that's it. If through repeated behavior of positive thinking and planting healthy seeds. And I think the one thing you're touching upon that is, is in many circles just considered to be abstract is spirituality. You need to address that. And, and I think religion, for the lack of a better word, uh, people run away from spirituality is something very different. I have a relationship with God. God, for the lack of a better word, you could call him Muslim, Allah, Buddha, whatever you need to do, you do. You do that just fine. But I think we're made up of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And all three must be fed equally to create a balanced human being. If I eat healthy, but I have no spirituality, I'm unbalanced. If I learn a lot, but I never exercise, I'm unbalanced. Well, guess what? You might exercise and eat healthy. You might train your brain every day with good learning. But if you don't have that spiritual component in your life, that third leg of the stool, that stool is useless. So whatever that might mean, again, that personal journey, because it is a very personal relationship, it's one everybody should seek out, no matter what that is, you know, what spirituality means for you. I think everybody needs that. But when you say the word God, people lose their mind in many places. And that's okay. That's okay. But what that would lead me to believe just on the surface is you haven't explored spirituality or maybe you had a bad experience as a kid sitting in a wooden pew going, thee thou art done, some Latin, you know, some Latin sermon that you didn't get at all. I understand that too, because I grew up Catholic and we would, we'd sit on this wooden pew, everything's in Latin and we're looking at each other going, what's going on here? Stand <laughs> up, kneel down, you know, stand up, kneel down, this guy's talking in tongues and you're like, what? So I get it. There's a huge disconnect, but that's still no excuse that at some point in our lives, we need to really find out what spirituality means for you. And if it's the Wizard of Oz and the happy ending at the end of the movie, so be it. Because the minute we lose our faith and we no longer believe in the good of humankind and each other, then that's when everything's gone. That's when somebody wakes up and decides, you know what's the best thing to do today? I'm going to kill my family and then kill myself. Then I'm going to walk down to where I work and shoot everybody else. And when you lose that faith, when you no longer believe in anything, yep. then we're lost. So it's something consistently you need to nurture. And you need, you need to nurture that spirituality to keep you on that. I don't want to say straight and narrow, but at least keep you on a healthy path to make great choices and believe that, you know what? This too shall pass. And, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and, and it can't rain all the time. The words of Brandon Lee and the Crow, right? Yep. It can't rain all the time. And if you have that sense of faith, it can't rain all the time. It will eventually pass. So I think that's really important. And lastly, with that, like your grandma said, I'll give it in the words of Steph Curry. You know, they said to him, hey, you know, you're the 82nd highest player, paid player in the NBA. <laughs> Did you know that? You know, and, and you're the MVP, you know, trying to stir the pot. Yep. And, and, and Steph looked at them and he said, you know what? My daddy always taught me never count another man's money. Never. And at the time he was making 14 mil a year. Now he's the highest paid player in the NBA. But he said that, and, and it's true, because you can always find someone that's not where you are. And you can always find someone you think is way better off. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water. Yes, sir. Right. So going back to that cliche, which cliches are cliches because they've stood the it's dozen not, times. Yes, they have. And they, have some validity. and they do have some validity, Rich. So, you know, again, I think what we keep coming back full circle is you have to take that journey inward. And a big part of that is your spirituality. And I'd encourage everybody to discover what that is for themselves. Oh, just so great. I'm goosebumps here. And um, 
you know, and Professor, I, I may have mentioned this before, but uh, even though my, my instructors, my team at the academy, uh, they've never met you. I, I think they know you extremely well. And after they listen to this podcast, they're going, oh, yeah, that's the stuff you were talking about. And I, I've mentioned to my listeners as often as I can, and I mentioned as many blogs as I can, seriously, five years ago was the biggest transformation in my life. Now, my grandmother, she passed away in 2011, and uh, she, was my, she was my cornerstone. Uh, she really was. Now, I had a good relationship with my parents, but it was, it was, my grandma was there for me. Uh, Dad and I, going through the teen years, he was in Vietnam, had a bad experience, and I think for the first 25 years of my life, he was still there. So we never really connected. But Grandma was there, and she'd always say, Richie, you put God first. You put God first. You can do anything. You know, with Christ, all things are possible. She kept pounding that in. And I went to church a lot as a kid, but as I got older, my dad was, and being him, just who he was, and I understand now I've got a better relationship with my father now than I ever have, and I truly love him for the messages he tried to deliver, just did the best he could with what he had at the time. And he was uh, an era, and from what I read about your father, kind of uh, maybe the same era there. You don't trust anybody, and you'll never get burnt. You don't expose yourself. You never have any weaknesses, and nobody's going to ever take advantage of you. So you go through life with your, your, your steel door up all the time. You know, go to life ready to, uh, to fight when needed, and it's needed often. That was just kind of his mindset. And Grandma was all about putting Jesus first and going to church. My mom was trying to find a balance, but dad was all against the church. He's like, oh, no, nothing but a bunch of hypocrites, nothing but a bunch of this and that. So there was a lot of things going on there. And I, as I got older, I still had grandma there, and she still continued to pound those messages, but I stopped listening. I, I just honestly stopped listening. And this is something I was you know, always kind of embarrassed to say, but the more I speak with you and the other major positive influences in my life and the more I read, especially the last five years, which I've, you know, five years ago, I didn't know I could even read. And I've read over 100 books in the last five years, thousands upon thousands of hours of, of uh, uh, audible books, YouTube videos, podcasts, conferences, and everything else, just trying to surround myself with positive input. And I've broke through that yuckiness and I'm dishing it all out. More of grandma's message now is becoming there. I had built up, if you will, such a foundation of garbage that now that I've dug it up, Oh, there's, there's something grandma always told me. There's something grandma always told me. There's something grandma always told me. But like you said at the beginning, sir, I had to dig deep inside myself in order to find that. But I had to have the spiritual leaders, so to speak, people that believe that to, to you know, inspire and motivate me that it was okay. Because you know how it is in our industry and any other industry. You can't say God. You can't say spiritual because you might offend somebody. Well, I think now, you know what? What did uh, Jesus say to Simon Peter? Do not deny me, right? <laughs> if you deny me, and, and that and all these years I've been denying him. I, I truly have. And whatever, you know, our listeners out there. Right, but, we, but you and I both know the challenge for that is on the flip side, you got some guy going, God told me I must raise $2 million or, oh, yeah. you know. And that was my dad. Speak. That's what he believed. <laughs> right? Yep. Well, and, and But you got to take the good with the bad. Yep. And and the big thing, I mean, think about it. His own His own apostles turned on him. Yep. They betrayed him, and he still loved them. Peter They're nailing times. him to the cross. Nailing him to the cross, he's going, hey, do not forsake them. They know not what they do. You're nailing me to the cross? I'd say, hey, God, bring some fire and brimstone on these people. What the heck? But to show that type of empathy and compassion and love to as he's being, you know, basically nailed to the cross, say, hey, you know, don't, don't, don't forsake them. They don't know what they're doing. It's the same thing here. And if we can see some of those type of messages, I think we'll recognize God's not saying, you know, you have to be sinless. You have to sin less. And you got to make that effort to constantly good orderly direction. That's how I use God as an acronym. Good orderly direction. Ooh, Never said be perfect. 
Because, I mean, if God made me, he knows how imperfect I am. So that's, I think, where people give up is they just go, oh, if I'm not perfect, if I can't leave the perfect Christian life, forget it. God doesn't love me. I'm going to hell. It's not about that. It's just that much like in our own lives as people, it's those little baby steps moving forward, moving forward. And some days fall short, right? Every one of us falls short. But that doesn't mean we're not loved. That doesn't mean we're not worthy. And we need to do that with ourselves from that example that you talk about with God that was given us is that, you know, I got to love myself warts and all. If I can't do that, how can I begin to change those parts of me? How can I begin to heal those parts of me? I can't, and I never will, right? Oh, absolutely. I never will. But like you said, well, I, I, I was ashamed to come out and, you know, I, well, what are people going to think of me if I talk about God? What are they going to, what are they going to say about me if I tell them this is what happened to me growing up? You know, it, it's, it's, that's why I wrote the book. I oh. needed to have enough faith. I needed to trust God in my life enough that, you know what? I'm going to put this out there. If people want to rain on me, they will. But I'm not writing this book to get approval. I'm writing this book to share a message. And if you read my book, oh. Live, Learn, Grow, there's a lot. I talk a lot about God in it. Oh, it's wonderful. You know? And listeners out there, I tell you, do yourself a favor. Pick it up. It's an easy read. And I know a lot of times I have people come, well, I'm not in the martial arts industry or I'm not really interested in martial arts. And I said, well, that's my fault for not doing a better job of telling you what I truly believe martial arts is. And it's all about creating a more disciplined way of life to live your best life, to create your the art side of it, to create a better you, not anybody else. And it starts with you. And you do an excellent job with this book. So listeners, it's Live, Learn, and Grow, Lessons of a Reluctant Tiger by uh, Professor Brandon Beliso. Check that thing and out. And the audio version. The, the, the audio oh, is, version is it out? Be out? Yeah, it'll be out by next week. We just finished all the, it took me eight hours to do this this book. It's two hours worth of listening. It took me eight hours, but it was an amazing experience. I've never narrated a book. So to sit there in a studio and no, stop, re-say that sentence again. You dropped a word. I don't kind of like it. That's not believable. And you're doing, you're, you're recording this book and it was amazing learning experience. So awesome. and we just got, a, we got some voiceover from LA to introduce the book. Some woman I've never seen. And it, it's pretty bizarre. Brandon Beliso is da 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 da. I'm like, oh wow, that's pretty funny. But um, <laughs> Oh, that's bad. You know, it's weird if the author himself, because I tried to do that. Hey, this is Brandon. You know, my background is this, this, and this. They said, that does not work. Someone else needs to teach your home. I said, okay. <laughs> You're okay with that. Awesome. But I know you were uh, working on the Audible. Like, I didn't realize it was uh, it was done. So when again is that going to be done. out, sir? It is done. Probably within the next week. They're loading things up. They just did, did the final listen through. It will be available. Oh, that is incredible. Thanks. Incredible. So listeners, not only uh, will pick up the book so you can read it, and I always find that to be best to, um, usually I listen to the Audible book first, and then the ones I really like, I buy the book and then read that one again, uh, and just, it, it is pretty amazing, but you get to hear Professor Beliso's voice and his inspiration reading his own book, and I don't think there's anything better than uh, when, and I listen to a lot of Audible books, but I always like it best when the author himself or herself reads the book. It just seems more connected because it's more personal to them, so great stuff. It is. It is. I, I listened recently. You know, I, I do both. I read books. And I, I'm like you. Uh, I think I have e myth on DVD, e myth <laughs> on CD, e myth in book format. I mean, I've got. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, that's one of my favorite favorite books. So yeah, and 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 that's again something for the listeners. If you like something that much, visit it again and again and again because every time you go back and and watch it or listen to it or read it, you're going to find something that you didn't see the first time. And that's quite normal. We all know that happens. Um, so yeah, those golden I, nuggets. it's like watching a movie. Yeah, you watch a movie and the second time you go, hey, I didn't see that the first time. You watch it the third time and 
So there's constantly, it's much like your martial arts. I can do my basics, my white belt basics. And I've been doing martial arts 50 years. But in our Kenpo system, I can still do white belt basics and discover something new every day. And the reason that is, is because my mind is open, open to that. Open mind, yes, sir. Right. And to, again, that consistent ritual of emptying your cup and, and, and learning from our fathers. And I believe our fathers suffered, sir, and went through what they did so we could learn and not have to. And, and, and I recognize that in about my mid-20s, that my dad went through the Korean War. He came here as an immigrant when he was 15. He suffered what he did to show me what I should not have to do. And if we don't learn from that, and if we don't create better lives, then our parents went through that suffering for not. So I, I want to praise you on that. I think your dad can look at you and go, wow, my, da- my son's taken this. Because it is knowledge. What your dad giving you is knowledge that maybe that's not the way I want to live my life because I don't. I don't want to live sheltered because nothing grows in the darkness mm-hmm. unless, what, mushrooms or something? I mean, nothing grows in the darkness. So to be that vulnerable, to be that full of faith, to expose yourself every day, to get your hand cut off and have the faith that you're going to learn and it's worth that risk, it's super powerful. It's very powerful, but that consistency that you talk about again and again. So if you like a book, any book, read it, watch it, do everything you can. Absolutely. Well, and, and a book I just uh, finished up on and uh, went back through, it took me quite some time to get through it because I kept going back to the points, was uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And it's all about those little bitty simple disciplines and um, why are you know some people successful and some others aren't. It's those small disciplines, and then if it's so easy, why aren't more people doing it? Because it's easy not to do it. He talks about you know walking by that exercise bike that's become a uh, laundry basket. Well, it'd be just as easy to stop, take the laundry off, and then get on the darn bike, but it's just as easy to walk on by and keep throwing more clothes on it. But it has to do with all those little daily disciplines every single day. Well, and, and what an amazing metaphor for life. That bike is you, Yep. and every day you, just, you throw <laughs> a piece of clothing on it, another piece. So we don't have to look at ourselves. You know, my oh, exercise, fortunately, my exercise bike has nothing sitting on it. And I kid you not, Facebook lives from that bike at 10, 11 at night because oh, I have audiences in Germany, Australia, Canada. Um, and I tell you, that bike, I'll be sitting there and I can hear that bike going, so what you going to do? I'm just going to sit, I'm going to get some computer work. So what you going to do? I thought I'd watch, you know, 30 minutes of TV and then turn in. What you going to do? So it's not, it's not uncommon to find me sitting on that bike at 1130 at night. If I don't get my workout done, that bike is always that last resort, go to my safety net. So it's not covered in anything. But folks, listen to that. You are that bike. And if you keep just ignoring it and walking by and covering it with another piece of clothing, I've heard that one before. Uh, it makes a great hang things on it. Yeah. <laughs> my shirt's and, and, won't wrinkle if they're hanging on the bike. <laughs> and, and that shows how little... We believe in ourselves, how little self-worth that we have. And like anything, like any muscle, it's got to be nurtured. It's got to be practiced. It's got to become habit. If you practice self-confidence, it becomes part of your habit. If you, you know, continue to nurture that, it becomes part of your habit. And every time you do get on that bike when you don't want to, every time you do eat that salad when you prefer to have a burger, every time you do pick up that book instead of turning on a rerun or you know, something on TV, you are instilling those, that thought process. That thought process is relevant. Again, going back to the homeless teacher, you've got to figure that out. Rich, everyone's got to figure out what is success for them. Are you truly, truly happy? And I do know for a fact, I know friends, you know, that I would consider maybe overweight that are totally happy with their life. 
They love eating those ribs. They're perfectly fine. They're cool with it. Okay, great. When you have a heart attack at 55, that's your choice. But yep. whatever time they spend here, they're happy with it. Some more power to them. You know, again, just be clear about that and, and, and don't make no qualms about it. Make no qualms. If I'm going to be a janitor, I'm going to be the best, best janitor, janitor in the world. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to be a barista. So I, and, and that's why I learned so much because I don't look at somebody and go, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a multimillionaire and you're not. And so you have nothing to teach me. No way. Children are my best teacher. And talk about the innocence of working with kids. Uh-huh. I learn more from kids than I do most seasoned adults with 10 books out. Because they're so set in their thinking that this is the way it's got to be. <laughs> Where a child is so free. A child is so free and simple in their thinking. And it really reminds me what is most important. What is most important is that freedom of thought, the freedom of creativity, that ability to be fighting with another kid one minute and the next minute you're both happy yep. and playing again. Yes, kids don't hold resentment. They don't hold anger. Only adults do that. They hold the resentment and anger for years. Kids don't do that. What an amazing skill set. That's a skill set. I watch two kids whacking each other and then turn around. They're both hugging each other and playing. Yep. How'd that happen? You know, there's a, there's some, you know, again, everybody empty the plate and look for it. It's everywhere. It's in that flower. It's in the sunshine. It's everywhere. And I know that sounds California kumbaya, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It really isn't. It's important that we're mindful of that. Well, at I, least I am. I mean, uh, where I grew up, I'd walk outside of the house and there's guns and needles and, you know, people trying to hurt each other. Now I walk out of my house, I look at the next door number and go, hey, Bill, how's it going, Ken? <laughs> and it's a trip. It's a trip. It's a trip. Well, and I think that it's so important. We started off talking about, you know, pulling the layers back, deep and in, digging inside yourself. And the more I've done that these last five years, the more of the kid who I always was, I was always, I mean, with, and we talked about it before and, and listeners have heard me talk about the organization I was with was so stringent. I was literally punished as an adult for being uh, goofy. And I'm not saying I was never disrespectful. Dad instilled respect and I'm always respectful, but I was trying to be me, trying to have fun with the kids, trying to do this and that. And it was all about, that's not how a master should be. That's not how you should be. You need to be a master model. You need me to be firm. You need to have that Korean mindset. You need to be this and that. So I was literally punished for being who I was. And, uh, but since I left the organization and surrounded myself with positive people like yourself, sir, and so many others that know what dig inside yourself. You're never going to be like that person, but why in the heck would you want to be like that person? Be the best person you are. Get to the roots, the core. Be a kid at heart. Be who you were born to be. Live your best possible life, and that's who I am. And by digging in deep and not being ashamed or afraid to say those things, to do those things, has brought out, you know, we've achieved more success in the last five years than ever. My wife's now uh, handles just about every administrative business part of the business, which allows me to go out and give speeches to uh, the grade schools, the middle schools, the high schools, colleges, and that's what I enjoy doing. I feel like I've got a gift, and I want to release that gift to the world and let them know about it. But once again, and listeners out there, you are a product of the four to five people you surround yourself with the most. If you surround yourself with people that are pulling you down or people that have egos or people that uh, compare themselves to here, there, and everything else and complain about life, why, that's what's, what's going to happen to you. And the inside and that ego, and it, you know, sir, in our industry, the martial arts industry, there, there's, there's a lot of uh, rampant egos. And, and I shared something the other day, and it was if um, back well, over five years ago, my ego was extremely high. My mindset was, I am the master. I hate to admit it, but it's true. But guess what? I was broke in every possible way, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. Broke, broke, broke. And 
financially out of bankrupt twice. So really there, but changing that mindset and then the vision, the purpose, why am I doing this? Am I doing it for my own ego or am I doing it to help out others? Am I doing it to live my purpose, my God-given purpose? And that simple, not easy, but simple little mindset shift has transformed everything I'm doing. And like you said, and, and I remember we were at uh, your academy, then we went out to, to uh, uh, like a lunch dinner, and you had mentioned that some people were kind of beating up on you or trolling you. And I'm like, really? How, how possibly could someone be, I mean, what, what are you doing here? You're showing love. You're giving your heart. You're trying to help people. And they beat up on you. And you had said, well, they're out there. And you also said, <laughs> it'll probably happen to you too. And I'm like, man. And a part of me is like, well, I hope I get where that does. Well, I've, I've, I've developed, I've, I've got some trolls now. I'm not happy about it, but I have. And like you said, you just want to, that fighter instinct to jump through the screen and pound the person to teach them some honor, integrity, and respect. But what would that do but inflate my already weak ego? No. You know what? That's them. Their ego's up there. I want to be the best person I can be. And I'll say, thank you, sir. I'm humbled by your knowledge and move on. And uh, you and Master Chip Townsend have really helped me with that. <laughs> That's a good thing, sir. That's real good. And it reminds me that inner story, uh, and I wrote in my notes here, uh, uh, Bruce Lee's instructor, Yip Man, had mentioned to him, you can defeat a thousand men, but if you don't conquer those inner fears, those inner demons, that lack of self-confidence, you're never going to find peace and harmony. And um, I know that, uh, like I mentioned about my ego, continue to go up. And in hockey there, it was one of those things. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but anybody that uh, dishonored the game by diving or disrespected myself or one of the teammates, I don't care how big they were, I was dropping the gloves and going at it. It was kind of the gunslinger thing. How many men do you have to beat up or get beat up? And I took a lot of beatings. I was always a smaller person, but it never got me to where I was wanting to go. Yes, it inflated my ego for a little bit, but my ego never got me to where I wanted to go. But I had to learn that lesson. And it was a tough one. But surrounding myself with people like yourself, sir, is what taught me that you know what? You can carry the highest ego you want. And, and kind of with dad, dad always talked about, hey, man, you got to have pride in your work. You got to have pride in everything you do. And then my grandmother was always saying, Richie, pride comes before the fall. I'm like, well, what the heck am I doing here? Well, dad was all about just take honor and integrity, discipline, respect in everything you do. And grandma's whole message now that I've dug up all the layers is if your pride is so big that your ego can't fit through the doorway, that's a problem. So now I'm lowering that ego, and I'm, I'm a human being. I get cut when people, you know, uh, troll me on Facebook, but I'm thinking about, you know what? That's who they are. That's where they're at in their stage of life. I'm going to do what I can to ignore that and move on and help somebody else because I've established a purpose and a vision, and I think too many people, they don't have that. Oh, well, I'll just wing today. I'll just go today. They go through life, as uh, Zig Ziglar says, as a wonder in generality instead of a meaningful specific, having a specific purpose, and sir, you've helped me with that immensely, so thank you again. No, no, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, again, I think what's very important in that whole process is to recognize as, as a child, and I think often adults forget, forget they were children, is that look at a baby. A baby's perfect. There's no hate. There's no greed. There's no war. There's no death. You look in a child's eyes, it possesses that. And then one day somebody said, good, Richie, bad, Richie. Oh, first set of values. So if I act this way, everybody approves of me and I'm cool. If I don't, then I'm a bad kid. Then we want to throw in their bullying. Of course, back when we grew up, it's MTV. You know, it could be the girl first girl broke your heart. It could be, you know, they didn't let you play in a basketball game or whatever. And, and there you are. You're buried under all those layers of unauthorized thought patterns fed to you from somebody else. And we spend the rest of our life trying to get back to who we are at, at our core values. But again, 
I don't want to be some 60-something-year-old guy combing my hair over the bald spot, driving a chick car, <laughs> trying to latch onto, latch onto a 20-year-old girl, reliving my childhood, you know, to, to try to capture that. I think when you talk about that, especially in the martial arts, I'm the master, you're the lowly student. We spend so much energy and time with pomp and circumstance. And I'm into respect, don't get me wrong. But some of the rituals and all of the pomp and circumstance that's in place to put the master up on this pedestal to where he gets up so high, he's afraid to make any mistakes that because he falls, he falls a long way. Yeah, I'm happy to strap on the Kung Fu Panda suit. I'm happy to get out there and dork out with my kids because it does. If you can show that humility and you know, that's a very important skill for me that, that I live by passionately because I know what it's like to live from ego. I know how depleting and detrimental ego is because it's only fueled by fear and insecurity. Hey, if I need to throw on Kung Fu Panda because nobody can do it that day, I'm the first guy to dork out and dance around. It's not a big deal because it doesn't define who I am. It's what I do to help perpetuate my culture, to help facilitate our schools. You know, But at a heart level, I know who I am and I know where I'm at. And that's why the trolls, the haters, now somebody criticized me for something the other night. And it's so easy now just to go block. Wow. Why couldn't I do that six, seven years ago? Why couldn't I do that? block. Why, why couldn't I do that? Because I need, still needed some validation. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm wonderful and great. But as my purpose became more and more refined, you know, people attack me a lot because my way of doing business. Someone called me a disruptor the other night. And at first I, I took it very defensively, but then I Googled the word disruptor. It's somebody who comes into an industry and disrupts it by introducing a new way of, being, of doing business. And that's what I've done in our industry. You know that I don't do anything by their books or by their rule. The no contracts and no upgrades, none of it. Focusing on what my grandma taught me and God, service. It's all about service. But can service be profitable? Absolutely. We'll do $1.9 million this year. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to say to people, service is the new profit. And if you do the right thing, you develop a culture based upon service and, and, and you really take care of your tribe and you nurture and grow it, the financial rewards are, can be amazing amazing, but never make money your God. Never. And I think that's important on the flip side of that. So, you know, I, I, I fear you, Rich. Oh, I definitely fear you. Well, and, and uh, sir, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I can't thank you enough for the interactions, the engagement, and uh, listeners out there, if, if you don't follow uh, Brandon Beliso there, I know you've got a, a couple different profiles. Check it out. Even if you're not in the martial arts industry, he does the Facebook lives and he's, he's <laughs> sincere. He's on his bike riding, but he's answering questions and given everything he can to help others experience the success he's ex- experienced. And I, I say this a lot. You simply don't know what you don't know. And how do you find out what you don't know? By surrounding yourself with people that know what you don't know. But you have to check your ego. You have to remain humble in order to learn from somebody. If you, if you know it all, if you're the smartest person in the room, well, I guess pat yourself on the back, but get used to where you're at because you're not going any further. You need to surround yourself with other people. You need to be humble, learn. And and what you said earlier was absolutely excellent, sir, was ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. And that is so powerful because if you don't know the questions to ask, how can you know, people like yourself, sir, help others as, uh, achieve the success that they want? You don't know how to answer that. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Sir, we're closing in uh, on, well, we're a little over our time, but no big deal there. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so very much for taking the time. Do you have any closing remarks for uh, our listeners out there? You know, I think in the words of Bruce Lee, he said, you must empty your cup. You know, be like, 
water. Water. Water is in a cup, become a cup. When in a bowl, become a bowl. I think what, what's made, what he was sharing was the fluidity. And when water comes down a river and there's a rock in front of it, it doesn't stop. It goes over it, around it, under it. And through that process, it actually picks up speed. It picks up momentum. How is that? With all the obstacles that water has in front of it in a river, how is it that water is actually picking up momentum? Because it doesn't stop. And call that hater the rock. Call the obstacle that rock. Call your insecurity that rock. Call your fear that rock. Call the conditioned thinking from growing up from a challenged childhood that rock. Well, guess what? You're water and you have that choice and you can go right over it, around it and keep on going and actually pick up momentum in the process. And I think that's something to recognize as, as a metaphor when Bruce Lee spoke about that. That's what he was really saying. And through that process, and you're right, you're shedding past thinking, you're shedding negativity, you're shedding all of those things, and your circle of friends actually does get smaller. I mean, I used to read so much and take in so much information from so many people, and now I've pretty much honed that down. And, and that's a very intentional, but it's much like you're a piece of wood. When, when I take a rough piece of wood, I take, what, a 300-grade sandpaper, and I sand it with all the roughness, then I got to take a 200-grade sandpaper, then a 100-grade sandpaper, and eventually you've got this very smooth you know, piece of work that you took from a raw piece of wood with a lot of splinters. It's the same thing here. But through that, the yin and the yang, never forget you were a child. Always be a white belt. Always wake up with that learning and growth mindset. And above all, have faith. Because faith is the key to offering you the ability to put yourself out there every day to hear the great messages and learning that's there while still filtering out the negativity that could taint you and hurt you, much like it did for you and I, Rich, growing up. You know, that stopped us and hindered our growth. But now being free of that, we can see, you know, in the words of Jim Morrison, break on through to the other side. Once you break on through to the other side, you'd look around and go, what was I so afraid of? Why was I so stuck there? Well, Water that's stagnant, that is not fluid, is useless. I can't drink that water. It's poisonous. I can't irrigate with it. It attracts mosquitoes and it, it makes people sick. So don't be stagnant water. Be fluid in the words of Bruce Lee. Oh, listeners, I tell you, what a treat, treat, treat. And, and Professor, uh, we'll have to have you on another podcast because I think we could talk for <laughs> at least another two or three Absolutely. hours on this. And In closing, I just want to touch on the dad point and uh, I know you've shared before and, and especially in your book there, and, and it really radiate or uh, resonates with me because my dad, I look back now, and like I mentioned, my relationship with him is better. Matter of fact, uh, I did a podcast not too long ago about my first cup of coffee ever with my father. And, and I'm 47 years old and I never had a cup of coffee with dad. But that really, I know who he is now and I know he was doing the best he could do with what he had in order to let me know the world can be a rough place. And uh, I'm going to you know, uh, do it almost like the Rocky speech. It'll beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. Something with that, just closing point here, He, um, when we did the renovations at our academy, I had him come through, and we walked around, and I'm showing him the back room, the the party room, the, what we've done in the front, and we walk outside, and it's dark out, and our lighted sign is huge, huge lighted sign. And I look up, and I say, hey, Dad, whose name is that up there? And he goes, yeah. I said, he goes, I'm proud of you, Richie. And I was like, oh, my gosh, 47 years, and finally <laughs> I got Dad saying he's proud of me because it seemed like growing up, I'd, I'd never heard that, and I'm sure I did. But it was like, okay. And it was almost, and do I really need that? I don't know. But it was almost just a tranquil, peaceful state. And I gave him a big hug and a kiss, and I said, I love you, Dad. And he goes, yeah, me too. <laughs> so for my dad, that was a success. I wanted to end, uh, end with that one. <laughs> it is, um, now the student becomes the teacher, and the dad becomes 
you know, the son and the son becomes the father. And, and that's all part of the cycle of life. Yes, sir. And, and it's a beautiful thing when we're offered that. And I, I don't believe if you didn't go through what you did, Rich, that I you would be the person it. you are today. Yeah, and you wouldn't appreciate your father at this level today. But I think part of that, and, and I just, if I can close with that, oh, yes, sir. Is, is, is the forgiveness. It's very, very important. You know, whether we believe our fathers did the best they could or not, that's the irrelevant part for me. What's relevant is my ability to forgive. Yes. And that's super, super important because anytime I don't forgive, I now hold on to this dark negative energy and, and it turns into sickness mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. The ability to forgive is super, super powerful. And it's a life skill that I've, I wouldn't say mastered, but I have. And it really irks people around me that I, I don't hold resentments or harbor anger. And, and even with all the haters, if you called me up tomorrow and you're one of those people that trolled me, I'd happily sit down and have a cup of tea with you. And people trip on that. My wife really trips on that. <laughs> oh, he did this to you. I said, he didn't do it to me. It's just the way he behaves. Yep. I know who I am and I'm cool with that. So the ability to forgive is really, really powerful. And if we could possibly do that today, if there's somebody we have a resentment with that you know at a heart level you love, because you wouldn't be holding the resentment unless you cared so much about that person. You know, you're upset and hurt because that other person you believe has hurt you or done you wrong. And that's why it's so much easier to hold that resentment. Sure. If it's just Joe E. Public or a troll, we just block them and move on. Yep. But the, the, what we, the deepest resentments we all hold in our heart are because it's coming from people that we truly love. So to make amends, to apologize, and that could be simply, Rich, writing a letter, you know, saying, I forgive you, and then burning it. You don't have to necessarily engage that person or anything, but just the ritual of forgiveness that you can practice from your own end can liberate you to no end. Oh. To no end. It's something I'd encourage everybody to try to do. If you can read, we all have at least one person, right? Yes, sir. If not many. Yep. We can begin to practice that. Yeah, like you said. If I consistently practice forgiveness, if I practice this habit, it becomes habit. If I practice this life skill, so forgiveness is, is what I want to leave you with. Beautiful. Well, listeners, thank you so much for going on this journey. And as I end every podcast, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, uh, I'm blessed. I'm honored that you took time to spend with us. I try and do absolute very best to bring the best guest on to do the most research so I can bring you the best content to help you live your best kick in life. So until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. God bless you, and God bless your loved ones. I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.